biggest cheerleader. Now, when I ask that question, does someone quickly come to mind? Maybe it's someone that you like to cheer on who comes to mind. Well, today on the podcast, Trisha Goyer will be joining us to talk all about that, cheering on other homeschool families. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. Trisha Goyer is one of my favorite guests to have on the podcast because we can literally talk about anything. Today's podcast includes some really awesome ideas about living in community, knowing when to ask for or offer help, and she'll even tell us how she came to work with Todd and Brooke Tillman to help them write their book, Every Little Win. You don't want to miss a minute. Before we dive in, though, I wanted to take just a second to publicly thank our sponsor for today's episode, Alpha Omega Publications. Simplify your entire homeschool year right down to the shopping with complete grade sets from Alpha Omega Publications. Containing all student books and teacher's guides available per grade level, each curriculum set contains everything you need to help your child succeed in up to five subjects. Best of all, you can save 25% now on all your favorite homeschool curriculum for a limited time during AOP's Back to Homeschool sale. Call 1-800-622-3070 or shop online today at aop.com. Don't miss out on that awesome back to homeschool sale they're having. I'll include some links in the show notes to make it really easy for you. For now, though, let's dive right into my conversation with Trisha Goyer, all about cheering other homeschool families on. Trisha, I am so glad to have you back with us again today. It's it's always funny. I look forward to recording with you, whether it's video or podcast or whatever, because you're just so easy to talk to about anything that pops into my head. So <laughs> thank good, you for, yeah. I think when you've been homeschooling, for, I'm in homeschooling for life. with me again. Absolutely. I think when I've been homeschooling for 26 years and you've been homeschooling for many years, I mean, we could go down any topic and talk about it forever, I think. It's true. And and thoroughly enjoy talking about it. It's just, it's so much fun. So, but I really do appreciate your being here and joining me today. Could you tell us, you mentioned that you've been homeschooling for, I think you said 26 years, which is amazing and so awesome. Tell us a little bit more about your family, a little bit more about your homeschool journey uh, before we dive into what we're really going to talk about today. Absolutely. So um, I actually was a teen mom. I got pregnant in high school, which is part of my testimony. So I started this mothering thing really young. And then I, um, after high school, met and married my wonderful husband, John, and we've been married 31 years. Um, So Mm -hmm. I had Corey first when we got married. And then John and I had two more kids. So by the time I was 22, I already had three little kids running around and never even thought of homeschooling until some friends at church were homeschoolers. They had eight kids and I just loved their kids so much. They were so great to be with. They had great conversations. They got along great with their parents. And I thought, I want kids like that. So even before like thinking about educational reasons, it was the just the relationships that I saw between those parents and those kids. And so we started homeschooling when Corey, our oldest, was five and he's now 32. So it's been a lot of years of homeschooling. Then after our three um, oldest, who are Corey, Leslie and Nathan, they were nearly out of the house. Nathan was 16 when we opened our hearts and our home to adoption. And we Hmm. adopted a newborn baby, Alyssa, who's um, 11 now. 
And then after that, we adopted six more kids from foster care. So um, I, I guess I was just didn't want to give up homeschooling. So we just kept As adopting we, kids we'll and adding them to our home. With more. <laughs> yes. So we still have our youngest is 10. Our oldest is 32. And so even though I've already been homeschooling, I guess it's almost 27 years now. Um, wow. I still have, you know, another eight years to go before we're done here. Wow. Wow. Well, it's so interesting that you noted that it was the relationships that you saw in the the other families at church, because as I tell our story, that's really one of the things mm-hmm. that God used to to put homeschooling on David's radar anyway, when he kind of stood back and he was like, what do I want our kids or who do I want our kids to hang out with? What do I kind of want their dynamic to look like? It was those homeschool families in our church that made that kind of an impact on us. So um, I just wanted to note that because when you said that, I was thinking we we don't recognize the impact that we're making on other people just by doing what we're doing, not even working hard at making an impact, just by doing and being faithful and and you know allowing our children to to really be ambassadors for the relationships that that God wants families to have is really powerful. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when, I mean, we we don't have to go out and sell ourselves. People just see that we live life differently. And I mean, I love the relationships I have with my adult kids now. Um, our daughter's in the Czech Republic. She's a missionary there, but our sons both live close and they're over all the time. We play board games and we hang out. We, you know, doing dinners together. So we still are very much all involved in each other's lives. And I think that was kind of the goal. I wanted those relationships. And it's so cool to have that now and yeah, to be living it, it. And I remember when we first were adopting, um, we adopted a sibling group of four between the ages of 11 and 15. And, you know, they, they would, they would come for visits and we gather around the table at dinner and we, you know, pray and we're sitting there talking and one of the girls isn't eating. She's just sitting there and she's looking around. And she's like, I just thought these kinds of families were on TV. I didn't know they were really out there. And she'd been in foster care for about six years and her and her siblings had been shuttled around and then they'd been in a group home. And I think sometimes the things we take for granted, like gathering around the, you know, table for a family dinner and praying and doing devotions together and reading aloud stories together. Um, we kind of just take it for granted because we've been doing it for so long, but just no outsiders. And then, you know, like our adopted girl from foster care, it was like this whole new experience that she had mm. never seen before. And she just, you know, literally started crying at the table because she couldn't believe that this was like a real family and that we really wow. live this way. So awesome. So awesome. The way that the Lord can use truly every little thing about our lives. If we are, if we are kind of opening our hands and letting him, if we're just not holding stuff back, God will use us in ways that we never, ever imagined. And that's so exciting and so awesome to think about and rehearse for ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And to know that it is those little things that, you know, added up over time really do make the biggest difference. They really do. Well, in addition to being a just Omega type homeschool mom, you're also, you've got a few other irons in the fire as well. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your books? You've written so, so many books and, um, you know, what, what kind of genres they are, what, how did God lead you in that road? Yeah, absolutely. So I have over 80 books published, which is just so strange now, um, to think that they're that many, but I started writing when my little kids were little, I mean, probably around the same time I started homeschooling, I started just in the afternoon, spending a couple of hours. I'd 
work on articles and send them out and get rejected and had novel ideas. And over the years, just that, again, diligence of the daily sitting down and trying to get stuff done and written, I started getting stuff published. And my first book came out with Focus on the Family in 1999. That was hmm. a mealtime devotional that's still in print. It's now called Wits, um, Wits in Mealtime Devotions. Uh, and so I do family devotionals. I have Prayers That Changed History, which is another book for kind of devotional time for families. But I've also written World War II historical novels. I've been to Europe and um, this was you know, 20 years ago, interviewed a lot of World War II veterans and heard their stories and put those into print. So very true to life um, historical stories. I've written Amish fiction, which is very similar, you know, to our lifestyle. Not that we we, we do technology, but the big family living, the relationships, um, those types of things that are so important. The relationships, growing relationships with God show up in those novels. And I've written parenting books, Calming Angry Kids is a book I wrote after adopting our kids from foster care and dealing with the trauma. Um, the Grumble for Years, another parenting book that I had released just last year about our family tried to go a year without grumbling because there's <laughs> so much grumbling. And so I do from children to youth to historical fiction to contemporary fiction, um, parenting, I have marriage, all types of things. And really, it is just an outflow of our life, kind of the life that we're living ends up being in, on the printed page and, and going out there. So I still do that every day. I wake up early and spend time writing. Then we have our homeschool day activities with the kids. And usually afternoons, I do emails and that sort of thing. So it really is just part of everyday life. And the kids get to go on adventures with me when I go to speak <laughs> at conferences or go to research they're just living this type of life with me. That's awesome. Well, and and I know that the Lord gave you a, a a pretty unique opportunity recently where I believe you worked on the book that Todd and Brooke Tillman put out recently. Um, I actually interviewed Todd and Brooke for the podcast a few weeks ago. Um, and they're they're precious, they're awesome. But how did how did you get connected with that project and connected with the Tillmans? Okay, it's so fun because I hardly ever watch TV because I'm so I'm writing, I'm doing all these things, but I love the voice. I love the TV show, the voice, because it's like ordinary people. And then you have these celebrity judges that are voting for them or cheering them on and coaching them and helping them. And so that's the one thing I like, I don't watch anything else, but I watched the voice and I saw Todd Tillman on there. He was on the, he was the first one out there of season 18. He had a four chair turn by all these mega stars and he wow. was a homeschooling dad from Meridian, Mississippi, a pastor. And then his wife is just going crazy, screaming, cheering him on. And <laughs> he talked about they adopted two kids. I'm like, oh my goodness, I know who I'm, I'm voting for this whole season. Right. And then he ends up winning. And, you know, I have a podcast too. And so I thought, oh, I would love to just talk to his wife because, you know, first of all, it was during the pandemic. They had to record from their home. Um, so they have eight kids. He's a pastor. The recording for a national TV show, I just wanted to get, like, hear from his wife, like, what is, no what is it kidding. like to do all those things? I know as a big family, it just takes a lot to go through everyday life, let alone have your husband recording from your church on national TV. And so I went to Facebook and I put in there, does anyone know Todd Tillman and his family? Because I would love to interview his wife, Brooke, for my podcast. Well, 
within, you know, you know how Facebook is. Everyone's connected to everybody. <laughs> within an hour, someone's like tagged her and she's like, sure, girl, I'd love to be on. And so oh, that's awesome. it was like out of the blue. And so we set up a time like just through Messenger for her to be on my podcast the following, I think, Tuesday or something. This was like less than a week after they won that she was going to be on my podcast. And then I got to thinking, I wonder if there's a book in this because, hmm. I mean, who they talked about on the show his wife, Brooke, made Todd go stand in line. And um, just for, you know, he had never sung anywhere but in church. And how cool that, you know, sure, she was like, no, you're going to go stand in line. And he ends up not only making it past that audition, but going to Hollywood and then going on the show and then winning. And so I ended up calling my agent, who's been my agent since 1997. And we have a long relationship. And she knows I can just come up with a ton of ideas. I'm like, yeah. And she was, she watches the show too. And I'm like, I should do a book with Todd and Brooke Tillman. And she's like, yes. Can you get a hold of them? I'm like, I already have. <laughs> so I ended up talking to Brooke and I'm like, Hey, my agent wants to know if you guys would get on a zoom call with us. And so he won like on a Tuesday, the following Monday, they're on a zoom call with me and Janet. We're like, Hey, we should think we should pitch your book. And wow. they're like, okay. I mean, first of all, they never expected that they would win. Um, they, he said all the time, like, just making it to the next level to surprise them. And then here is this author. They didn't know me from anybody. They just trusted, I guess, that I was who I said I was. And we're on this call. And pretty soon we had multiple publishers interested. And it just went from there. And from the moment I just you know connected with them, they are just as real and as ordinary as any of us. And we talked about homeschooling and life and um, adoption and so it really was me, like in a, this fangirl moment, reaching out to them, and suddenly we're friends. And um, it's it's great to see how uh, people are just just so excited about his music and so excited about this book and how God has given them a bigger platform now. And I think that is what I love. I love that we can see talents and gifts in other people, and mm. we can cheer them on, cheer them on, and use our gifts to help them. And so I'm just thankful that you know. I was had this crazy moment and, and reached out and tried to connect with Brooke. That is that is amazing. And the fact that they would trust someone that they didn't know to tell their story, that's a big deal. That's really, really cool. Um, so I love how the Lord worked all of that out it's so quickly. And um, and then I love kind of through social media, just watching the friendship that God has given you guys through this. It's uh, it it's really really cool to watch. But you said something as you were talking just there about cheering other families on, cheering mm -hmm. other homeschool families on. And and let's park there for a few minutes because I really think that that is an underutilized gift and something that we may we may overlook. So many times as homeschool families, we get so insulated and so you know, so into what we're doing, we're busy, we're involved in all this stuff that we don't even look outside of ourselves. So that's one problem I would imagine that kind of holds us back from cheering others on. And then of course, there's always the the problem of envy and, and mm -hmm. the other ugly things that creep up. So um, I just love that you brought that up. Well, and I think I'm I, something that I've learned and I've grown as a person into that because hmm. when I first started homeschooling, it was so much about comparison. I remember going to our very first homeschool conventions. We lived in California all the time and pulling in and there's all these minivans and it seemed like all the parents <laughs> had their kids in like coordinating dresses and just it just was this world that I hadn't grown up in and that I felt like 
um, like I wasn't good enough or I wasn't fitting in or because I was pursuing even writing on the side, I thought I'm a horrible mom because we're not doing art classes and music and co-op and all these things. And so it was always this, this feeling of me feeling not good enough. And so when the kids were just young, um, probably the youngest was maybe four or five. And then we had you know, some in early elementary. Um, I remember there was a, my husband's coworker and his wife also homeschooled. And uh, he would say, oh, we need to get together with this family. But I would, I met her at a Christmas party and her kids were like in Taekwondo and they were like, hmm. you know, doing all these big spelling bees and like all these really academic stuff. And we were like barely learning to read. <laughs> and, uh, you know, she had this garden and they had, you know, she would can all this stuff. And I'm feeling, I felt like so inferior to her. Um, that every time my husband bring it up, like we should get together with her, even though we're in the same little town of 3,500 people, even though she was also a homeschooling mom, I'm like, yeah, I just kept putting it off until one day. I remember during my quiet time, I felt like, you know, I, I was asking God, like, who should I reach out to? And thinking like someone in my neighborhood that doesn't know God that I need to go and minister right. to. And he clearly in their names, Skylar and Tara popped in my head and I ended up calling her up. And inviting them over for dinner, she's like, "Yes, I just made some fresh peach pies, the peaches from my tree." And I'm like, "Of course you did, you know." (laughs) Naturally, and I just felt like so inferior. Um, But I I knew it was like God asking them to come over. And what I discovered, well, first of all, I discovered they were very new believers. He had been a Christian; Hmm. she had not grown up, but she knew that she wanted to homeschool. So right away, she started asking all these questions about God and can we do a Bible study together? I'm like. Okay, I thought like she was a different type of person, you know, and yeah. just God just used that to, for me to minister to her. But also, I I realized that when we had met years ago at that Christmas party, she was intimidated by me because here I was writing articles hmm. and working with an agent to get a book published, and she just thought like, oh, here I am, just this mom. I just have my garden and my kids, and like she's doing all these other things. And so from that first night, we just talked for hours. We just hit it off. We talked and I realized like I was comparing my weaknesses to her strengths and she was doing yep. the same. And after that, I, she's so super smart in like all the math and science. And so we would like her, my kids would go over there and do math and science with her kids. I would have her kids over and we do writing and different activities. Mm. And I realized like, instead of feeling like I am inferior to her and she has all her act together um, that I had nothing to offer her. I realized like God used me in her life. We did do Bible study. Her and her husband started attending our church. They really grew in their relationship with God. Um, we got, our kids became best friends. We spent holidays together and traveled and did trips and our kids were over each other's house all the time. It's like, I could have let my feelings of feeling inferior, feeling like I don't live up or that comparison thing, keeping us from like, some of our best friends that we ever had. And Hmm. it really is, I think the enemy wants to separate us. He wants to put those things in our mind instead of just saying, okay, yeah, she can do that. This other mom can do that. This other can dad do that. But I could, I have strengths and I could help them and I could ask them for help. And I think being willing to ask for help, being willing to offer help is huge. Cause after we started adopting, I mean, I have kids that are special needs, dyslexia right now. I have, a speech therapist in the other room working with my kids. Yeah. I've had to learn to ask for help. 
Mm-hmm. And I've had, I've also learned to offer myself to other people. And so like with Todd and Brooke or with Skylar and Tara, it's like seeing people as um, not, not comparing ourselves to them, but how can we, how can we love other people, support other people? And then in return, these friendships are built on that foundation of just love and help instead of feeling like we're inferior or we can't live up to what we think they want us to be. Oh, absolutely. I loved how you noted um, comparing my weaknesses to her strengths, because I think we do that all the time. And and one of the things that Satan likes to trip us up with is the assumption that we should have all the strengths and mm-hmm. no weaknesses at all. Whereas God created us to bear one another's burdens. We are created as a as a, a um, community-driven mm-hmm. people. We need other people. Um, and, and when you when you look at someone's Instagram feed or the Pinterest or whatever, and all you're seeing are these highlight, very curated things, it's very easy to get discontent with where we are and lose sight of all that God is doing too. Yeah, absolutely. And once we see that like God has given us these unique strengths and that we are there like for the body of Christ, you know, we are there to support each other and to right. like, we can't have all of us be ears or all of us be hands. Like I remember learning this in like third grade in Sunday school, exactly. but we actually have to like live it out in real community. And the more that we can discover that. And that's what I love about the homeschooling um, community now is that I have built the best friendships with people who are completely mm. different than me that have different strengths and enjoy different things. And I can, I could find joy in reaching out and it's like, Hey, I would love help with this. Or I could offer you this in, in exchange, or we can do this together. And it is so much more fun and more fulfilling when we're not pushing people away because we feel like we're not good enough, but instead we're drawing close and saying, hey, this is who I am. I know, like, I don't have all my act together. But what if we did this together? And it is yeah. so much more fun than just feeling like we have to keep everyone away because our house isn't perfectly clean. Or we don't <laughs> have, you know, we're still on week three when we should be on week 12 of our curriculum or whatever. Like, it's okay. Right. We're all oh, in it together. Exactly. And I found that, and I, I throw this out as kind of a question, but I have found that kind of once you start reaching out, once you kind of break through that barrier of whether it be shyness or intimidation or whatever's kind of holding you back, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not only do you find, like you noted, just great, deep relationships, but you also tend to mobilize the other people to do likewise. So it's it's like it, it just spreads um, because you open people's eyes to, wow, I, I can overcome this. And I, you know, we are all created differently and this is working so well. So let's see what she can bring to the party or, or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when we got, we start to see other people's strengths, we can glean from that. Um, we can learn from them. We can absolutely uh, do things, you know, we could say, Hey, I need help with this. Do you have ideas for this? I've turned to other homeschooling moms and gotten ideas for my special needs kids. Um, I, in fact, I learned about the right therapist from other homeschooling moms that had their mm. kids in therapy. It's like we need each other. And the more that we don't try to pretend that we have it all together, that we're very real, then other people feel like we can approach, uh, they can approach us and we can approach them. And we don't have to put on the charade that my house is always perfectly clean and it always is yes. Instagram worthy or all those things. I think we try to put that out there. 
Well, yeah. And, and the fact of the matter is they're hiding their stuff in a drawer or closet too. So absolutely, <laughs> we're all in this together. Absolutely. <laughs> well, well, Trisha, practically, what would you say to, to people who are listening and they're like, you know, I really, that sounds great. Recognizing other people's strengths, getting help, offering help, building my community sounds great, but practically, you know, how would you encourage someone who isn't, this isn't really their reality, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. to, to make it so, to get to the point where, you know, they are engaging in, in cheering other people on and getting cheered on at the same time. Yeah, that's so good. So I think one of the things is to think about things that you are already doing that maybe you can invite someone to join mm-hmm. you in. Um, I was just chatting with another homeschooling mom and she had some book ideas and um, she's like, we get together for our family. I'm like, well, I'm actually going to the pool. <laughs> like we're already going to be at the pool, bring your kids to the pool, or you could come over and your, the kids could play in the yard while we chat about things. I think if you're already, you know, like we're already taking our kids to the park. We're already taking our kids to the pool. We're already doing this art class together. Lesson one thing that I did a couple years ago uh, before the pandemic shut everything down is I have a friend who's an artist and I asked her, she would come and do an art class at our house. And then I invited a couple other homeschool families um, to bring their kids over too. So, you know, I'm already having someone to, to come and teach art class. So why not have other people? And so the, the other parents and I sat and chatted while, while this friend yep. ended up teaching art to our kids. So think about kind of things that you're already doing and invite people like whether it is just sitting at the park and talking and enjoying, you know, the sunshine while your kids play. I mean, that's don't feel like it even has to like, you have to start a co-op or whatever. Just that relationship time I think is so needed because if it's just us in the house with the kids all day, I mean, we need those relationships to kind of feed ourselves and to remind ourselves that we could have grown up conversations too. So first of all, I would say, think about what things you are already doing and then, um, you know, invite someone else to join you in that. But also I think that, you know, don't be afraid to go and introduce yourself to people that you know may be homeschooling or just in the same, you know, have the same age kids as you. Um, I think taking that first step is really hard um, to just go and introduce yourself to someone. But usually I've never, I've never ever had anyone say, oh, I really don't want to get to know you or, you know, and, and so even stepping outside of our comfort zone as we're walking around the neighborhood and you know, saying hi to people or talking to a neighbor, if you hear someone's you know, new to homeschooling at church, you know, going, going up to them and just starting a conversation, I think can make a big difference. And it takes that, you know, 15 seconds of being brave, walking up to someone and like, Hey, my name is Trisha. But after that, um, you know, some of the best relationships can be built from that. Yeah. Oh, and, and not even just with people who are your own age, but mm-hmm. I would encourage those of us that are a little farther down the road to be on the lookout for others that, that, may not be, they're just starting or they have young kids or whatever and, and come alongside them too. Um, because I mean, the Bible tells us to do this, but I found that by investing in younger moms, Mm -hmm. I, I, the Lord has, has really taught me a lot of stuff through things that I've gone through or, you know, as I'm recounting stories, I have a whole different perspective on it now. Um, so that's been amazing for me, but also, and, and for them as well, obviously, but then they're, 
their excitement, their vision, the differences between, you know, how they grew up and how I did. There's so much that I'm actually gleaning from mm-hmm. them as well that, you know, I joke keeps me young, but there's there's a lot of truth in that, honestly, because, you know, I'm able to enjoy the little years with them. And, you know, again, I just marvel at God's design for, for his people. Absolutely. And I love that. I mean, don't just stick to relationships with people your same age. And it's funny because those that, um, because I had kids so young, those that have kids like my 32 year old are already retired. And then then because I have a 10 year old, um, I have friends that also, you know, are my son's age because they also have 10 year olds. And so the widespan just naturally, because my kids ages, I'm friends with a wide variety of ages of people. And I love like, you know, with my older friends that are already retired, just um, they might have more time. I had one friend. She was a homeschool mom for years and years. She's retired. She came over and taught geography to my kids because she's she was working part time. She had time during her day. And I didn't even she offered that up. And I'm like, that is so cool that you would hmm. do that. Um, so just think of people yeah, of all ages that we can build those relationships with. And it's great for our kids to see us and to be interacting and having, um, you know, these aunties and uncles or different friends that, that really become close family friends because we're willing to open ourselves up to those relationships. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, okay, so once we we are bringing people in and we're we're actually reaching out, we're, we're willing to, um, to kind of step over the fear of, <laughs> of reaching out, the fear of being rejected, the shyness, whatever it is that kind of holds us back, then, you know, what does it kind of look like going from there? Once we've kind of found our relationships, uh, what are some, some ways that it, it manifests itself? Yeah. And I think what, one thing to realize is that usually in any time in someone's life, there's going to be something hard that they're struggling with. Um, mm. And I think always being willing to go first and kind of share the hard stuff that we're dealing with. I mean, we can always, you know, keep things surface level and always be, you know, smiling or, um, you know, acting like, like there's no struggles in our lives. And the more that I share, like maybe some of my struggles with my young adult kids who, um, one of our adopted daughters chose after she turned 18 to move with her bio mom. And I'm like, that is really hard. And once I'm able to share my story and some of the struggles and other people are able to share maybe relationships that they are struggling with. And I think we, instead of keeping stuff at that, you know, that surface level, um, know that everyone has something that they're struggling with and we can be there to encourage them and support them. And we don't also have to feel like we have everything perfect in our lives either right. and just open up and be real with people and let them know that there are hard things in their lives. Because, yeah, if we do just watch social media, we think everybody else has all their act together <laughs> instead of us. But when we're willing to go first, when we're willing to share the hard stuff or how God's, you know, how we're leaning into God during the season of life, then I found that other people are willing to do that too. And then you can move beyond that surface level to see where people really need prayer or encouragement or mm help or strength or where I need it. You know, sometimes right. I'm like, Oh, we're just going to go to coffee. And then I end up like pouring my soul out. I'm like, Oh, I didn't even know that I needed that. But just having yeah. that listening ear really made a difference. Yeah. And sometimes as you are, like you said, willing to go first, as you're willing to, to expose some of the things that, um, 
you know, it would probably be more comfortable to just brush under the rug. Mm -hmm. The Lord uses those conversations to really give you a lot more insight a lot of times into why it happened. You you kind of grow a lot through just putting that back into service and and trying you're trying to help somebody else, but God is doing a great work in you um, at the same time, I found. Yeah. And when, especially like when I speak at your guys' conferences, the awesome Teach Them Diligently conferences, and when I'm willing to share, like instead of these are my 10 tips for whatever, and when I share a little bit of the struggles or the hard stuff of homeschooling, that's when I have, Lots of people that are coming up to me between sessions and able to talk to them and encourage them and pray with them. And um, when we're vulnerable and really share, you know, that we don't have our, I've been homeschooling 26 years and yeah, we're still struggling the days. Like there's still hard stuff. Um, And that's okay. It, It just makes a huge difference. Well, it does. And then on the other side of that, I think that for a lot of, of, us, me included, probably you included, sometimes it's even harder to share the things that we're good at, the things mm-hmm. that are really strengths of ours, because it feels so arrogant or so prideful to go in and offer to help somebody. But but you've been equipped in that way for a reason. And, we, and I think that's a mindset shift too, of actually putting our strengths in God's hands as well as our weaknesses. Absolutely. I love that because I think you know, when I reached out to Todd and Brooke, they're like, you know, I'm like, oh, I think we should do a book. And they're like, we don't write. Like, <laughs> that is yeah. not our strengths. And uh, and I'm like, oh, all you have to do is talk. Like, we'll get on some calls. Well, I went down and visit. We went down. Our whole family went down and visited their family twice. And I'm like, you just start talking. I'm recording. And I'll put it together in a book. And that's what happened. And wow. I was able to say, all I need you to is to share your story. And I can, I'll worry about the words. I'll worry about the editing, even through the publishing. Now we're doing, you know, they're doing all these interviews and I'm on the marketing meetings with them and like, okay, this actually means <laughs> they're explaining because yeah. it's a whole new world. And I love that because we sometimes will like, oh, I don't want to like seem prideful. So I'm not going to like tell my strengths or, you know, be willing to step out there. But no, if we have strengths that can help people and benefit people, you're right. It's important for us to share those things so that other people can receive that help. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Tricia, we are running low on time. Um, I so appreciate all that you have have talked about today. Um, I made lots of notes. I'm sure everyone out there that was able to did as well. Um, So thank you so much for joining us. Before we go, though, where can people connect with you and kind of what do you have coming up uh, between, you know, what's going on on your podcast? Where will you be speaking? If you got more new stuff coming out. Tell us all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Well, all my stuff can be found um, just at trishagoyer.com and Trisha's T-R-I-C-I-A goyer.com. And you'll see I have links to my all my podcasts. There's a podcast link. There's a link to all my blogs. I do a lot of um, sharing about other Christian authors. And so I'm always like highlighting someone on my blog, a lot of Christian fiction authors. I also um, have a a group that I help writers. So if you're interested in writing, write on trishagoyer.com. You can see um, it's called Write That Book. You can click on there and find out more information if you're interested in being part of my subscription group to learn how to write. So all of those things. And uh, my next book that's coming out is actually a children's book called The Grumbles that I wrote with Amy Parker, who's a New York Times bestselling children's author. I was on her podcast and we've been friends for years. She was actually one of my editors 
out back in like in two, uh, 2003 or something like that. And wow. um, so we've been friends and I was talking about my book, The Grumble for a year. And she's like, oh, the Grumbles would make a great children's book. And so we ended up um, doing that together. And that comes out in September. And I'm actually going to be speaking at the um, Ignite Women Conference in the fall with Kathy Cook who is, uh, was one of the speakers there at, at your conferences. And we became friends um, talking about reaching out to people, just walking around the convention floor and talking yep. to people. Kathy and I have become great friends now, and I love all she's doing. And so I'm speaking at her conference. And there's always, always, you know, conferences and different books and different things. And But my website pretty much has everything on there. That's fantastic. Well, I will make sure that I link to it. Um, but everyone, if you if you don't want to go to get the show notes, you can just go to trishagoyer.com and get all of that information. So Trisha, again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for, for joining with us again today. I'm, I'm also actually going to link to some of the previous conversations that we've had because I know we've talked about um, grumble free year. And I'm yes. pretty sure that we've also talked about um, that the calming, calming, angry kids. I, I think we did a podcast or a video about that as well. So want to make sure that I get those resources available as well via link in the show notes here. Well, thank you for doing that. You are so welcome. So again, thank you for joining us and everyone else. Thank you all for hanging out with us today. I truly hope that you've been encouraged, that you've got lots of great ideas for ways to go out and build uh, relationships with, with those others that God brings across your path, whether it's expected and natural or something that is unexpected and seems way outside of your comfort zone. I hope that you will take the time to cheer on, encourage, help, build relationships relationships with other families cannot tell you how much you will be benefited and they will be benefited through it. So have a wonderful rest of your day and I look forward to talking to you again real soon. You know, many of the concepts that we've discussed in today's podcast are further explored and more deeply explained in our newest class, Heart School. Heart School was written to help families like yours refine your vision about what God has called you to do, and then to prepare you to disciple and educate your children with their hearts and yours in mind. We have got to be intentional and purposeful in our parenting and discipleship efforts. So whether you're a young mom and you're brand new to homeschooling, or if you're a veteran mom who could just use a good reminder and refresher course on why you're doing all of this in the first place, Heart School is for you. Visit teachthemdiligently.net slash heartschool for more details and enroll and join us there today. I can't wait to get to know you better that way. Until then, I hope you have a great afternoon and join us again next time.